Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Football Ramble. Uh, my name's Marcus, and you're in good hands because to my left is Jim. Good evening. Opposite me over there is Pete. Hey, dudes, thanks for rescuing me. Let's go for a burger. Ha ha ha. And to my right is Luke. All right. As always, he is. Now, then, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm going to ask those three chaps and myself this question. If you were given an offshore bank account to put monies in, what would you name it after, Jim? Firstly, um, I really I don't like the implication that um, <laughs> anything untowards is happening. I'm not, like as if I'm some sort of wheeler dealer. Yes. Uh, I'm not a wheeler dealer, <laughs> and you shouldn't be saying that sort of thing. So just bear that in mind. Yeah, um, but okay. if I was going to name an offshore bank account <laughs> something, I would call it uh, Jim's completely above board fun time war chest. <laughs> war chest. That's, well, that is, welcome return. That yeah, is well what done. I'd use it for. It'd be my war on fun. Yeah, okay. on fun. A war on boredom, fun. I suppose. Yeah, war yeah. yeah I was going to say. Yeah, I'd be yeah. pro fun in my war. You'd be, yeah. you'd be bringing the fun. I would. Yeah. Fun advocate. Colonising boredom. <laughs> yeah, with your empire of fun. Pete, what have you got? Um, I'd name it after a prominent ex Comic Con goalkeeper. Yes. Because then I could have a Peter checkbook, wouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> hey! well Not done. very good at savings this year, though. <clears throat> oh, oh, there's another one. Again. Boom. Yeah, you thought Upper he was cut. finished. How am I going to follow that? Net well. profit. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone for the three. Yeah, Not the perfect hat trick, but the hat trick nevertheless. Luke, Luke. I quite like to compartmentalise my affairs, so I know what, which bank accounts for what. Yeah. Um, so I think I'd probably call it gin and sluts. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Why, why are those two together? Gin and sluts. <laughs> well, they often go together, don't they? One will very often lead to the other. Move We've on. all been out with Luke. Yeah, sluts yeah, ruined. True. I thought about... I, I, I wouldn't mind to call mine the jammy dodger. Um, but uh, I, I, I think I'd dodger. quite... Any reasoning behind that? Or are you just going like, to move you're, on? You're dodging, aren't you? You could be jammy. I, I get away with so. it. <laughs> and it's a bloody good biscuit. But um, <laughs> uh, I think... What are your top two biscuits? No, not in the middle of the answer. Mm. Um, I, f- I fear I could rescue fo- it with that. Fo- Fox creams are good though. Um, as it's offshore, crinkle crunch uh, up there. As it's offshore, um, I would quite relish going there to, to get the monies. Mm. So I think I would Stop call it monies. <laughs> have, have you not heard of e-banking? <laughs> have you and, not heard uh, of a collective? And I'd maybe call it. Um, the, the Richard O'Brien so when I decided to go there I'll just go to the Crystal Dome <laughs> just confusing I hope you're, you're not winning the points you're not getting that. the points we're taking it off you um, Pete, Pete's won the point <laughs> <laughs> do I remember Richard O'Brien Crystal Maze yep. wonderful yeah, we all understood it and there's a reason he's not on the telly anymore 
Uh, it's a shame. That is an I was once. I was once in a bar where Richard O'Brien bursts through the door in a, a really flouncy fashion, as you imagine, yeah. just like he is on the telly. Brilliant. And somebody was using the cubit. He went, "Oh, somebody's you doing coke." Just the guy was just doing a poo, I presume. Yeah. He wouldn't have known. Uh, I like him. Anyway, let's move on to the Premier League now that Pete's got the points. Uh, let's go straight to the uh, the Midlands derby: Wolves two, Aston Villa three. Robbie Keane with a brace. Mm, nearly got mm. an amazing hat trick as well, didn't they? Bullet second back. goal was brilliant, wasn't it? It was a superb strike. He, I, the both of them were excellent, brilliant goals. You know, and, and then in the post-match interview, <coughs> uh, the interviewer said something like, "Oh, does that prove that uh, you can still do it?" And Robbie Keane just went, "Well, who says I can't do it?" Oh, you mean Spain? No, yeah. Well, he was, you know, as we said, I think when he signed, he's a little bit too young for, to be making his way over there. I think. And but the yeah. other thing, the other problem he's starting to have now, Keane, is that he can't celebrate any goals. Because he always scores for <laughs> yeah. his old clubs. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he can't celebrate any So of many. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he moves around the MLS. Yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> Trading yeah. all over the place. <laughs> I'll tell you, you had an absolute shocker for the uh, Aston Villa penalty, Christoph Berra. What's yeah. he doing there? <laughs> well, it's so long on the ball, didn't he? It was a brilliant game, though, you have to say. Yeah, Frimpong great. played well mm. until he. Um, he's such a character, injury, didn't he? He is a huge character. You know, he's Range Rover. Uh, he's, he's had the word Range Rover taken off the front and re- replaced with Dench. With like. <laughs> Seven E's in it. It's <laughs> amazing, isn't it? Dean. Yeah. Where would you even get that done? I don't Most know. reputable sort of outfits would go up. No, we're not doing that. I think they'd probably say, pay me. All right. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's like he's very much just trying to sort of take up the Abue role. Yeah, he's got a long future ahead of him. Um, I'll tell you, yeah. it was an excellent piece of commentary in that game. I don't quite know what it meant, but um, the ball came in uh, and there was a corner for Wolves, I think, and there was a header and it went over the bar and went wide. And the commentator just went, and that ball was whipped in where angels fear to tread. <laughs> Surely that would mean hell. It's <laughs> come up saying. underneath the pitch, yeah. out of it, and gone over. It's not a high bar. Hell was in Birmingham. Who'd have known? Well, well I lived there for a bit, so yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking. Birmingham Carl uh, Henry sent off yeah, yeah he standard will <laughs> it's just law of averages that isn't it it's a horrible horrible sending off as well like utterly deserved I liked it when Carl Henry did the usual footballer well what have I done and the referee just acted it out yeah. that's what you've done now get off <laughs> yeah. and, he, and he pretty much did didn't he yeah. he'd draw your picture oh, oh, yeah, it's like the refs are that. so sort of fed up of this imaginary card waving yeah. they're just sort of mining <laughs> out foul fouls now yeah. so yeah I'm all for that same <laughs> I like it um, I thought Wolves had a couple <clears> of good spells actually especially given their down to 10 men they had loads of chances they just they just couldn't stop. Well, they were they were up against Robbie Keane. who was an excellent form. Mm. And when you're up against Robbie Keane like that, the only way is down. Aye. Um, uh, Unless they, you've got a better side. <laughs> well, we'll see. Mm. We'll certainly see. Uh, and now there was an intriguing game at Craven Cottage, which Pete, Luke, and I were at. Jim didn't get the memo. Um, <laughs> uh, it was incredible, wasn't it? At half time, Newcastle were one 0 up, and then by the end of the game, Fulham had scored five goals, and the fans were cheering all the all the passes. It was a game of two halves, very, very much so. Quiet. Well, it's uh, like that old expression, ground. you know, one half was different to the other. Yeah, <laughs> it's, kind of, it's symptomatic at the weekend as well because the Man City Tottenham game and the Arsenal Man United game, yeah. very little went on in the first half, and, and also a lot of good goals. I mean, yeah, that's, that that's why I was a little bit torn about certainly about the the goals we saw at Craven Cottage when I saw mm-hmm. two very very good Newcastle goals. Guthrie's mm-hmm. shot and Guthrie's Ben Arthur just took, took everyone apart. But the, the the main problem for me was that you know once they put another man up front, um, by which I mean Fulham, Andy Johnson, um, Andy Johnson of course, and uh, we we kept on with this weird high line which didn't work. It didn't work against West Brom the last mm. time I saw them. I'm some sort of awful curse. Um, <laughs> And uh, it, it didn't work that time really. But I was in, I was enjoying the sort of first half we played quite well with that four five one where like um, 
like best on the left and yeah. Jonas with his weird sort of rangy free roll. It, it was, was quite tidy in the centre, Jonas. Jonas was yeah. all over the place, yeah. wasn't it? The, uh, the other thing is looking like for Fulham now, um, and Marcus, I think you might have seen him a few more times than me, but it's looking like, unfortunately for Fulham, it looks to be like Ruiz or Zamora. I mean, mm. Ruiz not only didn't play very well in the first half, mm. he didn't really get a kick, but he sort of almost stopped Zamora playing as well. And as soon as he went off and, and Johnson mm. came on, I know you were saying it was because Chris Baird was introduced, but. Berdino. I, <laughs> I think it was AJ who came on. And Zamora <laughs> just sprung into life. And not only did he score, he put on two or three assists. Well, Ruiz, he was a different player, really. Ruiz is very lightweight and, uh, uh, in games like that. And um, when when he's out the game, he's very much out the game. I think he's, he's that type of player. Yeah. Whereas he brought on Baird in the centre with um, with Murphy, and Baird mm. was like, intercepting a lot and getting, getting stuck in. And then Johnson came on, and it was that high line Newcastle were playing. It was it was Johnson will have that all day long. Well, yeah, it was a really bold um, substitution for Martin. Did you say Yol, I think, bold to bring substitution as well. <laughs> Jim as well. Well, he is quite bold. Yeah. Oh, Martin Yell. But um, no, it was a bold substitution by yeah. The other thing they didn't Yol deal with done. Newcastle was the. Um, the sort of penetrating runs from deep from Dempsey it's what he wasn't picked up at all but I, th- I think you find when you I think when you are got such a flat line really high up the pitch Colicini's not got no pace on him no. you know and Perch came on to try and stop the rot but that's not going to bloody help anybody that said, that said it was a, it was a controversial decision which put Newcastle on the back foot that penalty on Duff yeah, which was outside that was the it. area and was quite soft as well yeah I don't think that I think they're um, but that's you, you can see the five goals so you can't complain too much the second, the second penalty was definitely a penalty yeah, he was only going down mm. When Kroll took him out. Incidentally, Zamora took that penalty with his right foot. Mm. Or his predominantly left foot, he'll take three kicks with his left. Like okay, Andres Bremer. Well, wow. E by gum. E by gum. Yeah, but uh, Zamora a couple of assists and, and a hat trick for Dempsey. Yeah, what we said a little while ago, what a season he's having. It's, uh, mm. it's just crucial for them, isn't he? He's really stepped up. Uh, maybe, mm. I don't know, maybe it's to do with Martin Young. Maybe he's just giving him a bit more freedom. He certainly seems to be playing with a bit more freedom. But some of, some of Fulham's. He's just involved in everything. Some of Fulham's football, as you said, it was quite, well, in, in the words of Mr. Partridge, liquid football. It was, it was a funny game game to the extent of where at half time well just before the Guthrie goal I said to Pete Pete I'm not coming to one of these games with you again it's just so boring <laughs> I can't be bothered I'd well Newcastle were playing some really fluid and stuff they just didn't get the opportunities you know, I mean, well they, they, they didn't have Denver Bar well, yeah. and Tioto missing as well is gonna you know we, we could have won that we could have won that uh, game 3-0 because it was just mm. it was just a ridiculous defensive performance and, and, and one of the few times I've seen Pardew be outmanoeuvred to be quite frank because he's, he's been pretty good yeah yes. Yeah, um, indeed. Uh, elsewhere, at the top of the Premier League, Arsenal. Let's go there. They lost mm. to Manchester United two-one. A Charvin under a lot of criticism from pretty much everybody yeah, no, on the planet. It was, uh, it was not good. It, it's a very um, interesting thing because it's the first time that the crowd have been so publicly critical of Wenger. You know, when Abue was booed, it was very much Abue yeah. getting booed. But this is it's Wenger taking all the stick here, and it's horrible to see. I think. You know, Arshavin, he scored a couple of assists lately, or sorry, sorry made a couple of uh, goals recently, and uh, I think it's like a sort of, it was like a misguided attempt from Wenger uh, mm. to maybe kind of show some faith in him, sort of, uh, you know, mm. try and give him a bit of confidence, but obviously the crowd weren't having that. I mean, the talk is that Oxlade-Chamberlain had cramp, it, I mean, it certainly didn't look like he did, it no. was very, very confusing um, at the time when it happened, but yeah, it's just, um, it's very, very worrying, you know, just, I mean... Arshavin was at fault partly for the goal, but you know there were other other it defenders at fault as well. Yeah, yeah. Vermaelen should have been backing him up if he was supposed to be playing at left back. But, and he's just an easy scapegoat in that situation. Worth saying as well, what a good goal Man United's goal yeah, was. Yeah. I mean, they really had to work to get it still. Yeah. But yeah, it's um, 
It's worrying. I mean, Oxlade Chamberlain, though, fantastic performance from him. Let's yeah. not forget that. And Nico Yunaris um, as well came on at right back for Juru at half time. He did really well. I imagine he'll keep that position for a little while. Yeah. Juru had an absolute He's been a very. He's been. He's been a real weak link. Like since our fullbacks. So many fullbacks out though. Exactly. Well, we got no recognised fullbacks. I mean, hopefully Yunaris will stay. But Juru's been a big problem because the the you know the fullbacks aren't linking with the midfield very well. So we're just getting. That's where the possession's being lost. And you know, Juru doesn't seem to be able to put a pass. No. No. He's performed well in the centre though. Yeah, yeah no, he, I mean last season he was particularly so good many there. But, out. but when you you know, if you're a player playing out of position, some players are quite adaptable, some aren't. But Fanger mm. doesn't have those choices, does he? And I understand why he doesn't want to buy someone, because you know, what if four fullbacks come back at the same time? Yeah. You, know? but you see sort of Van Persie just shouting. Oh, yeah. No! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no! But, but also, as well from our Shavin's point of view, if you're being booed on the pitch, are you gonna be the most yeah, motivated person? Obviously you're also gonna be sort of pretty shell shocked by that. So it might, you might be nervous. You, you're going to make mistakes but how much of the booing was the booing of Oxlade Chamberlain going off and the booing of the substitution rather than the man who was coming on because I mean, it wasn't all on a Charvin a lot of the booing the, the, initially, the booing happened when the number went up yeah. Oxlade Chamberlain came off he was applauded off the booing started again when Arshavin came on so okay. Arshavin's within his rights to sort of think okay they're booing me because you don't know I don't think it should be any booing happening no, I for absolutely, a top 10 club. I absolutely agree I top agree 10 clubs it's, it's, should not have sickening. any booing at any point Nobody's right. got a God-given right to top ten If Arsenal come ninth, they'll be annoyed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but nobody's got a God-given right to finish fourth or fifth or sixth. You know, it's it's ridiculous. Ban so, ban the boo. I tell yeah. you, I think ban the boo. Looking positively. Um, Oxlade Chamberlain um, he's also going to give Walcott a tough time when Jovino gets back from the African Nations because Walcott's been underperforming as well and yeah, Jovino, yeah. I think Jovino's probably been a lot more effective despite sort of the, the comic way in which he does it and mm. they, you know it's, it's good like there needs to be motivation from those players like Arshavin and Walcott they're just they're getting in the team too they're easy and they're not really earning their place but they have no one challenging them Indeed. it was a great win nonetheless for Manchester United yeah let's not take too much away from them because um, uh, they've, they've got injuries as well let's not forget they have, they have, they have it's, it's interesting how much they're missing Tom Cleverley well, st- still, a, still yeah, Ferguson's put a lot of faith in him and I think a lot of their sort of good form at the start of the season was down to him yeah he's, no he was a big player well, for them partially. Partially. It's, it's crazy to talk that way because I agree with you because it's his, his only season really yeah, but he's only played like six first teams well this, this is the thing a lot of people like there's a lot of um, weight on his shoulders when he comes no back no fear Luke no fear do you think Welbeck should, should be on the plane He's yeah. Got, he's, yeah, he's making you think, a claim, isn't he? Him and Sturridge, well. you've got to get, got to get a nod. Welbeck or Holt, it could, it could come down. <laughs> the, the substitution of like young players is an interesting subject, I think, because it, do, they do, it does happen a lot. That these players do tire quite badly. Of course, yeah. Chambers not playing an awful lot of games at that level, and I tell you, he's else, played no games at that level. Well, I tell you, what else it happened to um, was uh, Gary Gardner at Villa. Mm. He came off. He cramped up badly towards it. He played very well, and he came off about mm. five, six minutes from the end. He just said he couldn't run anymore. Mm. He's, he's mm. cramped. Uh, has Oxlade Chamberlain come out and said that? that uh, no, I, th- I think didn't a journalist ask him whether he was okay? He said, "I've never felt better when I came off." Right. Yeah. So, well, he yeah. certainly didn't look. Oh, yeah, he certainly <laughs> didn't look like he was in any any trouble. But that was that, that's, it. Was such a uh, great he, script. It was just kind of like, oh, everyone boos and then it's mm. gone. It's just like, had he oh, brought Ben Yoon on, I don't, I don't know if the reaction would have been the same. You know, I think our Shavin was. Because he'd have moved off the spot. Yeah, yeah, he'd, he'd have done something. Yeah. But I mean, I'll shut He's the Russian captain. Yeah. yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, anyway, well, let's go to uh, Manchester City, where not much happened at the end of that game. Where, um, <laughs> uh, a drab first half, much like Fulham Newcastle, um, and quite an impressive second one. Tottenham were very unlucky they not were. to get anything. They really, from that really game. were, weren't they? They played so well. Scott Parker is an absolute violence magnet. 
Yeah. Because like, yeah. he's got this reputation as being sort of quite robust. It's as if players think that means it's okay to just kick him. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, and he's England's rose as well. Yeah. He is. He's been, brilliant. he's been brilliant for Tottenham. He's sort of given them that kind of stability in the midfield that's get, got them where they are. Their midfield's incredibly good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really strong. And of course, Bale was absolutely fantastic. Oh, yeah, what wasn't a finish. It? First time, perfect curl. It, it was a great second half. Just so, it, it just all happened at once. Well, I mean, obviously, you 2 0, a very odd goal. I think you tweeted Luke Bale. Yeah, um, Lescott's. Lescott's goal. <laughs> Perineum. Yeah. <laughs> well, he tackled it in with his perineum mm. accidentally. Mm. He's been listening to the show. It was almost like he tried to clear it off the line, wasn't it? <laughs> he tackled it in. Uh, yeah, he did, basically. But uh, you know, they went two 0 up, and then suddenly it was, you know, the, the mistake by was it Hart or Savage. one of the defenders? Savage, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Defoe scored, and it was oh, Defoe at the end. Yeah, that's just. It, didn't he say like I, I didn't finish that because my legs are too short? <laughs> the thing is, I, I, as I was watching that, you know, I, I he thought, sort of stopped his run halfway through, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I want I want Spurs to win because it would have just made it that. Deliciously tight at the yeah. top, and I thought and you like it deliciously tight, don't you? <laughs> only at the top. Yeah, baby, um, I like it tight, <laughs> not at the bottom. And uh, I thought, you know, Bale, put him in, and then because how do you put him in? He, the defender A might have blocked it, and B Defoe would have had to still beat the keeper. Mm. What Bale did was obviously went past him and squared it, thus mm. doing all the hard work for Defoe because mm. he's just left with a tap in, and he so nearly got it right, yeah. you know, <laughs> and it was. Absolutely agonising. I mean, if you were a Spurs fan, you'd be absolutely gutted. And then to lose the game, yeah, Defoe will always let you down. You do. You, I mean, oh, I like De- De- Defoe's no, notably not. great—a a curved run, a timed run—and yeah, yeah. I just think with something like as, that, as he, we saw he, with his first goal. Yeah, no, he, I don't think you can blame Defoe for that. But I do think that this could be it for Defoe. Really. That could be the sort of signal of the end because Redknapp's needed him to step up. Okay, he's done it to a degree, but he's not done it when it really, really matters. Well, just so do you think that was his fault for not scoring there? He could have scored that. Well, come on, you know, know I mean, look, he's a good enough player that it's a tight angle. Of course it is, but he's just, he's meant to be in a team that's challenging well, for the league. Do you know what I think he did? I think he went in and as a you know an out and out striker, he checked his run because that's what they instinctively do. Because he thinks at one point, as you rightly said, Marcus, he thinks Bale might cut it back, so they check slightly, which yeah. stops him going full pelt for the tapping, mm. and he doesn't quite reach it. All joking aside, I don't genuinely think it was his fault. It's one of those things. Bale did his best. Defoe busted his gut to get there when yeah. he realised what had happened, and he's five foot seven or whatever he is. He, he just mm. couldn't get on the end of it. It's but just one of those things. What I'm saying though is, I think from Redknapp's point of view, he needs someone he can rely on to bury that one Darren chance you might get it. at the end of the game and I think if Defoe's you know visibly demonstrated that he can't do that no, I think Redknapp will be looking elsewhere no, in the I summer did, I just think well, the way Bale went forward is Defoe's got to hold his run in case he plays it in early which he never then Bale put his head down and went vroom down the, down the well not quite the flank but down the side of the defender and so Defoe's thought right I know exactly what he's going to do and then sprinted and he just couldn't get on the end I don't think that's Defoe's fault I, re- I really don't no. I don't necessarily think it's anyone's fault really yeah. got a foot on it Crouchy he? for not being at Tottenham Yeah, <laughs> he would have got it in well yeah, Lineker would have scored that they they all, all have scored it. What about um, Super Mario, though? Mm. Oh, what a penalty. Yeah, what a great <laughs> penalty. <laughs> we just going straight to that, aren't we? <laughs> what was Ledley King doing, exactly? Oh, God, what yeah, that was, was Ledley King That was doing? baffling, wasn't he it? He was excellent all game, Ledley King. Yeah. He's so consistently good. He doesn't even baffling. train, does he? No. When you see him play football, it's the <laughs> only time he plays football. It's oh. incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was so unfortunate, but he shouldn't have been on the pitch. Yeah, I mean, it was a funny one, though, because it, inc- it was a very well-disguised stamp, wasn't it? Because there was no reaction from his head, which is probably why the, the referee thought it was just an accident he didn't look exactly uh, yeah I don't think he knew it was Parker's head 
I think he felt no, something yeah. on him. I think he felt. So I think he kicked out. I'm not defending mm. him. It was a deplorable act. And, you know, we sit around this table, and if Wayne Reed did that, all four of us would have been on his back straight away. Yeah. Or if John Terry did it. So you've got to be consistent. Yeah. But you, I don't think you he should have been sent off. I don't think. Yeah. No. But what I'm trying to say is, I don't think you could confidently say he meant to stand. Yeah. On well, his that's head. that's what I mean from the, from the reaction from Balotelli's head. Yeah, it seems to be. He Parker's, doesn't look back to and, see where and Parker, Parker is. No, and Parker, I think the actual uh, the impact of him hitting the head in the first place was the the problem that Parker had when he got kicked. Yeah, it wasn't actually the stamp itself because I don't think he made the cleanest of contact with his head anyway. Like the, no, the second time, so and that's the main thing. That's the main. <laughs> thing. Yeah. That is the that's main what thing. was only four match bans. Yeah, he will he will get a ban. I don't think City will, will challenge yeah. it. Either. Yeah. I don't think they should do. But. I mean, Balotelli and his agent were putting the pressure on today, or trying to, saying that you know if he keeps getting victimised in this way, he's going to leave and this sort of stuff. So we'll see what happens. Well, we'll see what these contracts is. Is that Is that? Oh, I heard actually today, or saw rather on Twitter that um, Tevez there was something in his contract. Um, if City win the league. His wages double. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. That's yeah. why he's not signing for anyone. I love it. I love it. Because he didn't sign with PSG. That fell through. And I, yeah. I, no one said this, but I, I, I might be getting this wrong. But I sort of half thought that PSG have probably said, well, look at his track record. We're going to put a little couple of clauses in it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. And last minute, Tevez has said, no, you're not having that. Mm. And he's not signed it. Mm. But if that's true, that is amazing. <laughs> that, yeah, <laughs> Sorry, Man City fans, but that is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> he's sitting up in the stands going, if you win, I win. Half a million a week. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers very much. I may <laughs> even buy a scarf and cheer you on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Open bus tour, you say? Yeah, I might be around. <laughs> <laughs> You need someone in my own bus that I've just bought. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's been a very quiet transfer window, actually, isn't it? On that subject, very little so has been far. spent. I wonder if it will just be chaos on deadline day again. But it seems clubs just haven't got any money. Yeah. I feel like we need some transfers just for Brian Swanson's sanity. Yeah. <laughs> He's Seven finding it harder and harder yeah. to justify his life. It, oi, that's a bit harsh. All right, I met him once. Pretty professional life. Nice, nice chap. Nice chap. Um, uh, well, it was only brief. You can never tell sometimes, mm. can you? But, um, Bolton with a big win against Liverpool there. Yeah, uh, out, the out of the relegation zone maybe just for a week or two but they're, they're out there and uh, surprising I didn't see that one coming no Bolton it's exactly the sort of thing though. they're in the sort of form where you'll beat a big side like Liverpool and just lose your next game <laughs> I found that an odd game for a couple of reasons one because Bolton played with such verve and, and such a sort of attack and intent and they've not really done that well they tried to here and there but they've not really done that and they Rio Coco well. scored yeah, but Liverpool defended so badly, which is which is bad. It's unlike them this season, absolutely, exactly. Jim, that's what I was going to say. Well, they're they, they, certainly. They, they, they've not been great at home, have they? The problem, yeah, they've not been, but they've not been beaten at home. No, I was going to yeah. say that defensively they've been pretty sound, and and they've just not taken chances, and and, yeah. and they were left massive gaps. World Cup 2010, England gaps <laughs> in the back. Yeah, but yeah. that's what happens when you take away a back three. Is it true that Rio Coker and Bellamy are busy mates? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Bellamy uh, came into West Ham, didn't he, saying that half the players here were absolutely shit, <laughs> and uh, he, he really pointedly referred to Rio Coco. Yeah, it was Clough Leeds United. <laughs> Did you see how livid Rio Coco was afterwards? <laughs> and I've got no respect for him. I've got nothing to say about it. I've got no respect for him. Wow. I, well, just, I yeah. wouldn't care. Oh, well done. Uh, <laughs> it was odd to see Gerard and. Uh, Ad- it's odd to see Gerard. I need to, yeah, to see a damn there. Adam in the centre of, of the park for yeah, Liverpool. They weren't. Didn't I mean, work. There's a, there's a lot of players that Liverpool signed so far. Mm. That, I mean, it's been said before for a lot of money, you, you aren't doing the business. Frank, La- Frank Lampard on loan, Gerard Lampard back again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> could it work? Well, I'd, be willing, I'd be willing to have a go. No, <laughs> and they're in the thirties. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, they're coming into the peak. Um, uh, we've got to go to Sunderland two Swansea nil. Two great yeah. goals for mm. Sunderland. Really, were the first one uh, by oh. Sessegnon. Delightful. Yeah, good season. Saucy Sessegnon. That is world class. He's been decent all yeah. season. As Luke said, he's been decent all season. But he, just, it, he just needed a, a team to play around. <laughs> well. It's said that when O'Neill comes into a club, uh, he just simplifies everything. You know, That's just right. gets the balls out to the flanks, gets crosses in, just makes everything as simple as possible, and it just seems to work. Simpler wonders. than Steve Bruce. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> Bloody hell. Yeah, but simple is a step up. I yeah. think. <laughs> you can try complicated things and not understand them, Pete. We all know that. <laughs> has he just got a more fathomable accent? <laughs> it, is, it is true about O'Neill. He comes in and they and they do hit the ground. Just running. completely oh, back sorry. to basics. Yeah, he hits the ground. I'm running. looking forward to. However, with the longevity of it, down on the ground. When it, with the longevity of it, sometimes the players do. You know, in two yeah, years' yeah. time, I'm looking forward to a well-publicised Martin and he'll fall out over transfer. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. If you take a, a leaf out of um, uh, what do you call him, the, the manager, the crazy one, we put in the Dean winner. Oh, Bella Gutman. Bella yeah. Gutman. Yeah. The th- two or three season. That's rule. it. All you need. Yeah. Mourinho is similar. Mourinho is similar. Yeah. Well, we'll talk yeah. about that in a bit. Um, before, though, we've got uh, a number of things to talk about. And QPR versus Wigan is one of them. Mark Hughes gets a, a home win. Tommy mm. Smith with a shameful goal. <laughs> <laughs> I speak as a Portsmouth fan and Tommy Smith hang your head you enjoyed that one did you we're going through enough down the south coast <laughs> could do without that thank you very much 25 yard a top corner in the Premier League nothing more to say on the ground <laughs> <laughs> oh dear um, yeah the, the, well kind of um, on that theme of, of new managers bringing ideas uh, the word from Loftus Road is that Hughes has brought in some proper training drills and some kind of a plan for match days which uh, apparently under Warnock wasn't happening mm. yeah Joey Barton was quite vocal on the matter was he really on Twitter, yeah. You can set your watch by how long it takes Neil Warnock to cite outside influences in quotes for him being sacked. <laughs> yeah. it's like Every single that, time. It like was like outside influences like the results. <laughs> yeah. He was like going, it's, it's, it's akin to breaking up with a girlfriend. It's like, is it? I don't really want to <laughs> think about that. I don't usually blame the press or... Yeah. Yeah. And the how girlfriend's often do you do manager. That? <laughs> Another boyfriend comes along, she dresses better. So, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't understand. Sorry, mate. The keeper have also signed Toe Tabo as well. Yeah, from me, like yeah. And we are never going to be respectable. Yeah. Tay, tay, oh, tay, oh, tay. Okay, we got there in the end. That's the main thing. I, I just on. really wanted to say, you boys really surprised me then, because I was about to say, he's not very good. And you two both were great signing. <laughs> so, no, I, so we'll see. I thought you rated him, that's one. No, not really. Um, <laughs> it's in- interesting. I'm sure he's got it. Interesting Sorry, that QPR and Chelsea are meeting soon, and there's a lot of pressure on uh, mm. Anton Ferdinand and John Terry to shake hands. I wonder, will Terry get snubbed again? His handshake stats are going to be all over the yeah. place. Would you, would you like that to happen? It was like a snub. It would make me laugh. Yeah, okay. um, and that's the main thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much yeah. all the QBR team, you know, hit John Terry. That's yeah. what. You know, but I'm sure. Um, I'm sure Anton Ferdinand will look at what happened with Wayne Bridge and think, yeah, it made him look a bit petty. Best do it. Yeah, exactly. That's a, a greater the, good. I think mm. the two clubs have sort of said it would be nice of you. Mm. Had a handshake. Whatever, whatever happens, Sky Sports News will be the winner. Yeah. But sure, it's an open. It's an open court case, isn't it? So surely. They shouldn't be shaking hands. They shouldn't be speaking, I don't think. Well, <laughs> as messing with witnesses. If what happens if a footballer gets a restraining order against another footballer? <laughs> that would be tricky. They've got to play in goal or up front. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to choose your, your position wisely. Right then, we're going to go down to League One, uh, where Charlton are still looking good at the top, and Huddersfield are back in the top two after beating Sheffield. Sorry, they didn't beat Sheffield United. Charlton beat Sheffield United, mm. so Huddersfield back in the top two. And we're talking about new managers there. Graham Wesley is a new manager in charge of Preston North End. His uh, first uh, proper game in charge uh, home to Leighton Orient didn't go according to plan. They lost 2 0. Apparently, Wesley upset some of his players after he dropped some of them from the team via text at 2 a.m. on the eve of the match. <laughs> what? 
And he sent a number of texts to his players, which included tactics for the game that was the next day, and sort of motivational talk as well. Mark the um, fullback, lol. <laughs> text back. That's, he's only just. Kiss. Oh, sorry. He's been there for about a week. Very yeah. yeah. texts. Texts and two M. And he said, apparently, he started off the text by apologising, saying that the reason why he's texting this late it had taken him a while to add all the players' numbers to his phone. Wait till the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Tell him there. Yeah. Tell him in person. Say, lads, it's my first game. Get an hour early to the yeah. game, and we'll get the chalkboard up, and we'll go through it like men. I like, like to think he's like a dad who can't use his phone right, <laughs> in the text. Are just saying capital letters dropped. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> but he got so excited to him, he cracked it. He had to let it go. Yeah. <laughs> hi there, it's Dad. Uh, <laughs> can I just start? hi, it's Graham. Uh, I, I, I'll tell you, Marcus and I, and uh, we, we got a bit of experience with Graham Westy because we used to do Union Radio. Down, yeah, sorry, right. and uh, Graham Westy was manager of Farnborough Town. Yeah. And he's got a massive part of the partridge about him. So I'm delighted <laughs> with this news. Did you uh, speaking about uh, League One? Did you see the Bury? Uh, I think they're playing Yorville where two players fought over who was going to take oh, the penalty. Oh, I did see that, yeah. <laughs> it's pathetic. I did see that. They what both happened? got booked. Yeah, ridiculous. Abs- I mean, it's did great. Did Graham make him apologise? <laughs> <laughs> it was an absolute joke, it was. Unbelievable. Yeah, what? They, they got the, the, the lad who won the penalty, I mm. think, he ran over to grab the ball, but he wasn't. he's not the designated kicker. Mm. And so uh, there was an argument over this, and... and uh, eventually, the sort of the designated penalty taker. He did they score it? it? Yeah, he did. Oh, yeah. fair enough. Didn't mm. they do well. with Diego? But they really are like teammates are having to separate them. <laughs> it would be quite good if Graham Souness was just like a sort of disciplinary, like, disciplinary enforcer like a media for around the, the league. For the football just league. For he for could everyone. be in a helicopter three o'clock. Yeah, if well, it's it's Seagal, lawman. Yeah. Graham Souness, oh, lawman. If any incident gets bad enough, sooner or later you're gonna have to explain it to Graham Souness. That would put me off. Same. I just think from a helicopter would through a loudspeaker. I'm watching you, lot. Yeah. What about, well, he would have been active in League Two, wouldn't he? With, with Paolo Di Canio, <laughs> he, um, he was he was sent to the stands for again waving his arms and being all crazy. Gesticulation like politics, is not a crime. A lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought it was a bit harsh on Di Canio. I think so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, he he, he said you that, shouldn't discriminate against a person just because they're a bit different from you. Just you know? surely Paolo would agree with that for their, because they're Italian. If Di Canio's <laughs> taught us one thing, it's that. <laughs> well, he went mental, didn't he, yeah. in the in yeah. the interview after the game, saying, "You know, this is my." culture you know I'm animated I wave my arms around the place you know, he's got a point he's I mean he did kick one of his players in the arse but that was who cares he I, he, he, I'm surprised I, I don't know why we're all surprised about how how much good value he is but you know they're, they're up there he did say if they want to send me off every game no problem my team will still win the league <laughs> <laughs> but did you see him uh, a few weeks ago when he ran from the dugout to the touchline to celebrate with his players when they got an injury time win out <laughs> absolutely <laughs> tremendous but he got sent off because of that as well didn't that was why he was banned in the first place you can't do that no yeah, why not? Because oh, you're in the you, you've got your area, Matt. But why have it? they got the area? I don't like their little pen. I, no, I don't like it, but they have the area. I would set I would set a bonfire in my technical area. It's like <laughs> I'm in my technical area. What are you gonna do? About yeah. I'm in here. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. <laughs> it's raining. I need a shower. No, now it's time to leave these shores and go to La Liga. Uh, where Real Madrid beat Athletic Bilbao 4-1 Ronaldo scored two goals and goes level on points for the European Golden Shoe he's joined up with Alexander Zacekulayevs who plays for Transnava in the Estonian League Ronaldo has 23 goals thus far this season I, I know there's waiting isn't there <laughs> there's yeah. like a, a yeah. waiting on the better league I think, I think by my calculations Czechoslovakia must have scored 182 goals to it, the same point <laughs> <laughs> he scored 46 goals yeah. I did a bit of reading about this 
guy, and apparently he um, he went over to I think was it, it was either Iceland or Finland, and he just kind of failed there. And then he went to Estonia and he's been brilliant. So is the Finnish or Icelandic league that much better than the <laughs> Estonian league that he can be this good there? I mean, what are the levels here? I Obviously, there's the a big, big difference between Spain and Estonia, but is, is Finland in the middle? I'm confused by this. It Maybe raises all sorts of questions. Better people looking Leon assists. Yeah. <laughs> better number 10s. There was a disgraceful <laughs> bit of referee in that, in that Real Madrid tens. game where oh, yeah. um, the referee should have played the advantage and Benzema scored. Yes, that was back. terrible, yeah. <laughs> he basically, every time he blown his whistle, the ball was in the back of the net. And he's like, no penalty. <laughs> but <laughs> job's worth. Every now and then was like, thanks very much, I love yeah. that. That's my stats. <laughs> and it is. It's uh, interesting to see the way Madrid are playing at the moment, because it's easy to forget that for like, the best part of a decade, there was absolutely no stability in that team. But now you've got players like Sammy Kadira, Xabi Alonso, even Lasana Diaro pops up here and there, like just sort of as a very well, much a squad playing, player. Yeah. Yeah. And um, sort of, you know, the, the, the partnership that's gelling between Benzema and Higuain and, you know, Dimitri. Di Maria now he's back they know what their team is finally yeah. and it's so easy to forget that they didn't for such a long time I know you know Mourinho brought a fair few players in but they very much complimented what he had rather than a complete overhaul I think Athletic started that game well I think they win a goal ahead and Mourinho yeah. had a chance didn't he as well and it could have been a different game but Real Madrid as we said before just power over teams they do they? they steamroll them yeah. they're just yeah, they're just so much Strong better and fast but <laughs> they couldn't do it against Barca in the first leg no, of the cup could couldn't they? that was a, that was a Heated affair, wasn't it? Well, Mourinho and Pepe under came under a lot of criticism. Pepe and Busquets just need to not be allowed to play in those games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're absolute disgrace. Yeah, just liability. Busquets wasn't Marcelo in the as well. Crowd winning. And Busquets wasn't in the three-one earlier on in the season. Busquets was fantastic in that game. I think yeah. if you if you put if Pepe makes a harsh challenge on Busquets, Busquets were exaggerated to such an extent the world will end. Mm. Well. When, when Messi <laughs> when Messi uh, sort of put through uh, I can't remember who he put through for the second uh, goal Abidal yes he yeah. was um, he'd done that once before and mm. they didn't learn like, oh, no, it was yeah, that yeah. lovely sort of lofted pass aye, aye, aye. Mm. And and Messi's there's an inter- sorry interesting stat about this sort of Classico under Guardiola uh, I don't know whether it's Mourinho's time as well but it's, in something like nine games Marcelo has been directly at fault for something like six goals <laughs> <laughs> just don't play him yeah. <laughs> but he's good normally <laughs> maybe Mourinho just gets ruled into a false sense of security yeah. oh he was rubbish last time but he's been really good recently oh, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's just not a left back is he no. <laughs> That's a strange one. Um, playing further up the pitch, he's good at that. Yeah. The, re- the report I heard today, I read it, it might have been Sid Lowe or someone else who said it, saying that um, apparently there's been a bit of a, a bit of a tete-a-tete in the dressing room, and, and Ramos said to Mourinho, oh, "I'm not listening to you anymore. You weren't a player," and giving him all the big. Oh. Yeah, it was a bit more <laughs> to it than that. There was a bit more to it than that, but yeah, that was that was the sort of gist of it. Mourinho's kind of suggesting that some of the Spanish players are, are grouping against him in the press, and he wasn't happy about it because he doesn't like his players really speaking out in the press. No. Mm. Uh, Interesting to see how that develops because we had the Ronaldo issue before, which he seems to might have put behind him now. Mm. Portuguese v Spain in the camp. Yeah, I mean, if you, you know, if you're going to go against one player, you don't want to do it against the man who scores all of your goals. No. <laughs> That's very true. Also, uh, mustn't forget that Messi scored a hat trick, two superb goals Head in on. Barcelona. Yeah, one for he's, one against Malaga. He's like twenty off the all-time scorer list. Or yeah, something. He'll get, and he'll he's get like, that this and he's <laughs> early twenties, effectively. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. You know, you know, um, Valdez had an excellent game. Mm. Against Malaga, he was superb. They, mm. Malaga had lots of chances. Valdez made one incredible double save early on as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it was really important. Mm. Really important. He's a good keeper. Now, talking of uh, scoring records, let's go to Serie A, where uh, Francesco Totti got his 211th Serie A goal, which is a goal-scoring record for a player at a single club um, in the league, beating Gunnar Nordell's previous tally at Milan. Mm, Dean Windows Hall of Famer Gunnar Nordell, yeah. and uh, Zlatan got the uh, Serie A Player of the Year, didn't he? Wow. 
course he did. Right, you don't need to report on that, do we? No, standard. Easy. If they're going to rename it, does that sound good? Just before we leave Italy, um, Totti's also been welcoming rumours about him being recalled to the national team for the European Championships. Oh. The national team? <laughs> Get him on El Plain. Never say never. Let's us, let us see how I'm doing in May. Yeah, <laughs> Totti, that, that move should be known as the Francesco Totti. Yeah, yeah. When, team, when your national team is just qualifying and you put your feet up, then just pipe up towards the tournament. Yeah, I'll fancy you again. Yeah. I'll have a go. <laughs> yeah. I genuinely thought you were going to say, and Totti has spoken out about how much he supports Balotelli getting banned for four matches. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That could happen, yeah. Oh, dear. Now the Bundesliga is back. That's right. The Germans are back from their mid season break and it's very tight at the top. Bayern remain top on goal difference after losing 3 1 to München Gladbach. Who themselves are only a point off the top in fourth place it's one point separate and four teams isn't it it is yeah. the top three are all on 37 points um, who are uh, Bayern uh, Schalke and Dortmund and uh, Mönchengladbach Gladbach as I just said are in fourth one point behind all of them Memo Neuer had made an absolute Horrendous cock up in that game. He, did. See, he just threw the ball out to, to one of the uh, Munch and Gladbach he, players. He's, he's come out after the game and said, Yeah, yeah, you know, that goal was my fault. It's like, Yeah, everyone knew that. Mate. He didn't look that was, bothered <laughs> getting back to try and save it, did he? Well, he had no chance. He hadn't been reading the rules that the fans had given him. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't exactly, do that. Yeah. Don't make mistakes <laughs> and always look busted gut. Maybe he is like a double agent. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Ooh. Maybe. Righto. Let's, Schalke won, uh, didn't they? They did Schalke won. They won 3-1. They beat Stuttgart. Stuttgart three yeah, one. Julian Draxler, wh- what a name. Sounds like <laughs> a sort of 80s action movie kind of supervillain. He's just put the finishing touch on a beautiful goal for Schalke. It was a real was proper class. team goal. Like. Sort of real one-touch stuff. Yeah. Can I stick my neck out and say there are some brilliant young players who with brilliant names in Germany. Julian Drax is an excellent example. Marco Rouse is a good name. Mm. Sven and Lars Bender. They sound yeah. like superheroes. Patrick Herman plays for uh, <laughs> Brilliant. Imagine Gladbach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely stuff. Right, um, shall we go to some international football, eh? Ooh, whereabouts? That'll be the African Cup of Nations, oh, Jim. Hey, definitely. Oh, we're there. Marcus Spurs' favourite uh, tournament. In Africa. I was really looking forward to this one. <laughs> um, I, mean, I mean, we'll see it again next year, but yeah. I was really looking forward to this one. <laughs> <laughs> Didier Drogba's already scored. Of course he has. Um, the opening goal uh, for the Ivory Coast against Sudan 1 0. That was the first game I saw. Very weird camera angle. I didn't see it. I only saw the Libya game. So I, it was almost sort of bird's eye, <laughs> but then it would cut to the players at, at um, you know uh, their level. Yeah, and it was too much of a, a change. sensible soccer to FIFA. Sensible yeah, soccer yeah, to FIFA. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Give you the emotional bends. Yeah, very strange. Very Is, strange. Uh, do Eurospot have a plan? No, they sort of because no, 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 they no, say no. they're going to do one match and then they put another. No, match they on. Um, they famously pick their schedules out of a hat. <laughs> it's really I, weird. I liked it when Eurosport used to just basically have a guy in the studio <laughs> commentating on every single sport during mm. the day. The guy like, used to take, feed. Don't, leave oh, yeah. those really long gaps between yeah. things he'd say, like he'd catch up on sleep just. Like 10 seconds here and there throughout <laughs> yeah. the day I do like Eurosport though no it's horrible oh, it's, it's right. a big mess I'll tell you who was a commentator in Eurosport was uh, Stato from Fantasy Football yes can I just and say that's, though, one, that's his level British Eurosport if you are interested in giving the football round with a show <laughs> go think, fuck yourself I think we can talk to you <laughs> around yeah. Yeah, yeah don't worry about that he's, um, he's surplus you'll anyway. give us a show if we get rid of Jim you say <laughs> <laughs> he's always been surplus replacing with Stato <laughs> <laughs> Similar uh, look. Yeah. Oh, I've said it. Um, elsewhere, <laughs> elsewhere. Oh, uh, but also in Africa, presumably. Equator- no, elsewhere in the tournament, Jim. Mm. 
Oh, we haven't left yet. Equatorial Guinea uh, beat Libya 1-0. Mm. Again, the Libya story is incredible, isn't it? When you hear one of their players fought with the rebels to oust Gaddafi. I like oh, to think brilliant. he used the football. He just went around <laughs> kicking balls at the soldiers with <laughs> using his amazing skills. Yeah, that's true. As you see, um, Equatorial Guinea's, uh, the, the president of the country's son, offered the team a million US dollars to win a game, I think. Yeah, he's was. a crook. Yeah. And 20,000 uh, US dollars per goal. He siphoned so much money... So much oil money out of Equatorial Guinea, mm. he personally owns two million dollars worth of Michael Jackson merchandise and memorabilia. Did you see when, he, when the player thought he'd scored? How much yeah. he celebrated? Yeah. I'm rich, I'm rich. <laughs> I was going to say that this um, on our website, thefootballrealm.com, Michael Healy's written a piece mm. about Equatorial Guinea and, mm. and, the, and the, the sort of the, the sort of division of wealth between how much, they're actually quite a wealthy country yeah. in terms yeah, of the resources right, they've yeah. got but the may sort of siphon sort of filter its way down and people like Teodoro and Obiang the guy you were talking about the president's son he's basically a criminal siphoning mm. money out of the country so it's a bit grotesque that he's giving out a million dollars here to yeah. players when they win games it just seems a bit unsavory really the uh, the stadiums actually look alright don't they in, in the tournament there's no one in them though is there yeah well that, it's a, that's clearly a symptom of the way the country's being run mm. yeah apparently I mean Jonathan Wilson who's, who's out there was saying that um, average price Price um, for a ticket is three quarters of a week's wages, basically. Cool. So I mean, which it completely defeats the object. Mm. I don't know if, uh, the African Federation are trying to sort of ape FIFA in some way. But or it's Arsenal. Clear, they just need, yeah, <laughs> they just need to dish tickets out. To but get you, but surely you're not going to get any money back. You're not going to make exactly. any money on it. Exactly. It's make them true. affordable for God's sake. Yeah. When I was in Ghana, it wasn't like that. No. But then that's Ghana. Can you remember how much tickets were to games then? <laughs> affordable. Yeah, okay, yeah for, for local residents as well. Mm. Mm. Um, Ghana got their first win today. Though John Menza having an eventful afternoon, yeah. scoring the winner. And getting sent off. He packed a lot in, <laughs> and he spent the afternoon with John Pounsell. Is that the, yeah, yeah. He, he, he took one for the team with that sending off, didn't he? Well, it's sort of his own fault by being ten yards ahead of the striker, <laughs> and making the ten yards off, and then just bundling him on the floor. Well, someone had to do it. Um, uh, this, uh, ticket, this ticket thing yeah, is a big on, issue. I mean, it seems to yeah. pervade throughout all sport. I mean, I'm not sure if you guys um, follow cricket that much, but um, the Cricket World Cup was in the West Indies again, empty stadium. Mm. Oh, it's, it, it's, it's that, so yeah. annoying. It's, it's such a poor advert for the sport and for the just sort of. Just for the country It's a terrible <laughs> Terrible advert For your country yeah, If you've got empty stadiums At this huge event That you're using As a basically PR tool For yourselves And, and your you, world and, image and Well that's right yeah. A lot of the time The most grotesque about it is They've used uh, you, you know they've used This sort of reasoning of um, How amazing it would be For the country To get it in the first place yeah. Yeah. Then they price all the fans Out of the games it's outrageous, in my mm. opinion. Absolutely outrageous. It, yeah, horrifying. Well, it's going to get any better. Yeah. It's worse than anything. I mean, we've we've spoken about this with FIFA before as well, and just you know, given you know how important these these events are, when you look at the money that goes in from them for, for that exact reason that you were just talking about. If it is corruption, you know, if it is corrupt, which it looks so clearly to us it is, you know, we can't say for definite because we personally can't prove it, but it looks pretty clear, yeah. that is major crime on an international yeah. scale. I just yeah. don't see why it's not being investigated Can you imagine how outside much of the sporting bodies. Yeah. Can you imagine how much uh, a person who built the stadium, just a brickie or a labourer, yeah. gets a week compared yeah. to how much it, it mm-hmm. is to actually go in the, ho- the stadium he built himself? Mm. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, we, we've seen it first time when we were at the World Cup in Johannesburg. Mm. We, we chatted to a guy called Stanley, local... Gardener guy who was saying that um, the World Cup coming to just for the World Cup to be in South Africa and for him to be able to listen to it on the radio, he said was the best thing that ever happened to his life. Yeah. And how far away was he from going to a game? He's Absolutely. a million miles yeah. away yeah. from going to a game. Well, that's it. And and it was mean, happening in his city. Yeah. Well, like Equatorial Guinea, you know, how many times are they going to host a major sporting event? Mm. And it's kind of like, right, the, the, the tournament's here now, oh, but none of you can go to it. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, it's, 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 yeah. it's, it's kicking the it's kicking the teeth, massive kicking the teeth. Yeah, yeah. But before we move on, though, we have to talk a little bit more about the football. It was um, nice to see um, Angola winning two one. Uh, Minucho scoring a beauty. And uh, Mateus scoring a good one for Angola as well. Mm. They could be a, a, a you know in mm. there in with a little shout. Um, X Man United Minucho as well. That's right. Mm. Yeah. I'm kind of. I, j- I just want Senegal to go out, so then we can have his strikers back. <laughs> well, yeah. well, they were beaten by Zambia. Beaten by Zambia. Get your new Demba. <laughs> yeah, you Zambia. Look, that was another game of two halves. Zambia were great going for mm. the first half, and then Senegal couldn't quite get it back for the second. I suppose it must be like you've got a Christmas present that's like still in the post. Customs. You know what you've got, but it's not Christmas yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now then, we leave Africa and go to South America. Where's a nice story come out of Paraguay? Um, two years after being uh, shot in the head at point blank range in Mexico City former Paraguay international uh, Salvador Cabanas is set to make an incredible return to the game with mm. Paraguay's second division side uh, 12th of October as it would be in England <laughs> or English rather <laughs> over club, isn't it? and uh, he started his career uh, with, with the side so uh, incredible, really. Well, it was incredible that he's still alive. Yeah. Were the bullets still in his head? The bullet it? is still. Would it give him like superpowers to do bullet headers? Oh, oh hey. well, not bad. Uh, he's thirty-one now. Um, he was one of the country's best players. He yeah. was one of the country's. He was best really players. hotly tipped at a great World Cup. Yeah, it was, it was a shame. Sh- I mean, it's always a shame when anyone's shot in the head. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll, I'll go further than shame. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tragic what thing, a whatever shame. the circumstances. Incredible that he's still alive and yeah. absolutely marvellous. Brilliant, making a comeback. Yeah, superb. Also, nice little one coming out of. Brazil um, from last week was that uh, Atletica Caldense defender Leandro was out of action for a couple of weeks with the hiccups <laughs> uh, apparently you know what they're like <laughs> just hold your breath yeah well not for two weeks apparently he started his bout of the hiccups two weeks ago um, in training and it only stopped when the club sent him to a doctor He's scared of doctors. Clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he just likes hiccups. Uh, the, doctor, yeah. the doctor jumped out with like a clown mask on. <laughs> Maybe he's faking. Maybe he just wants a couple of weeks off. Yeah. This is all he could think of. When I, but when I saw... Surely when he started running around, it sort of goes away. Well, Charles Osborne, of course, holds the world record for the longest bout of hiccups, which lasted 68 years. Who didn't did, didn't he, he take the top of his head off <laughs> with, a, with a shotgun at the yeah. end? No, no, no. Did he not? No, I, mean, I think he, was, he died of old age or... Yeah. Hiccups. Yeah. You'd get used to it. One, one last hiccup. You'd get used to it after years. 64, 65 years. You'd get used to it. I'm sure I had somebody who. No. Who you can look at Charles pass. Osborne up, but that is, a, that is the truth. All and right. now it's time for Going for Gold. Going for Going for Gold. Gold. It's time for going for gold. Interesting how um, you know going for gold the last couple of weeks. You know the last three or four, there have been entries into going for gold that we've previously mentioned, like Pete's yeah. being influenced. It's, it's, this is no longer a game. It's really like a sort of psychological battle between the four of us. Yeah, now. it's, it's like you know hard. that game where you have like a table or a tray full of objects and then you cover it up with a, a blanket and you've yeah. got to tell mm. us what's on the tray. Yeah. It's, n- it's not nothing, nothing like that. It's nothing um, like that. This yeah. game, it it shouldn't, shouldn't be. be less like that. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, I was out and about last night and a, a couple of lads who I've listened to the ramble suggested this player and uh, it's a very good idea because it's bloody difficult. All right, so heads on. Stop, Andy Hinchcliffe. <laughs> no, not Andy Hinchcliffe. I'm so pleased you mentioned him. Because <laughs> <laughs> in my head I'm thinking about Andy Hinchcliffe, which is a lovely little thought. Yeah. What is going I on? That for, I remember that for like two weeks' time. Yeah, okay, right. When okay, you forget yeah. Jim's happened and you in. picked him. Jim's tapped in. <laughs> and it's ruining the game. Imaginary thinking is ruining First clue. I was born in San Rafael, California, USA. Stop. Stop. Eric Winalda. <laughs> Not Eric Winalda. Colby Jones. Not Colby oh, Jones. I thought that was it. Not Colby Jones. Stop. 
Roy Weggerly. No. Stop. Elijah Donovan. No. <sighs> I didn't know that they retired Corby Jones as uh, number 13. Did they? Uh, Get on going for it. It's unlucky. <laughs> In the year 2000, I was signed by Watford. Stop. Oh. Stop. Stop. Jay Demerit. No. Ah. That's what I was going to say. God. The Lexi Lalas. In my head he was I retired from football at 25 Because I just lost interest in the game Stop oh, Stop, it's... Fernando Torres <laughs> 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 Boom. Boom, eat Very that good. Fernando um, Very good I know who it is and I can't think of his name I don't believe it Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> I played four times for Norway I know <laughs> <laughs> I am now a fund manager, manager for Eclectia Asset Management, a London-based asset management company. Oh. I am a frequent guest on the business television Stop. network CNBC. Um, oh, I, oh, I can't do it. This I, is like Gaza at Euro '96, over and over and over <laughs> again. Next. Uh, well, that's all, Mike. Do you want one more? Yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> um, I re- know his name. <laughs> I can't. I was replaced uh, by Alec Chamberlain in the Watford side. I played 20 times for the Norwegian under-21 team. I know you bloody did. I was a goalkeeper who switched allegiance from the US to Norway. It's gone. Just give us the answer. Yeah. Espen. Espen Barson. Thank you, those guys that I can't remember the name of. Uh, <laughs> In that pub, that's for Barton's an excellent shout. Yeah, oh. no, that was that very, was tough. very good. And then, and then, when we were talking about, I remembered somebody else that I'm going to use for next week. So, uh, Andy Hitchin, Andy Hitchin, <laughs> I'm angry. Andy Sinton, <laughs> I went begging. Now then, it's profile time, ladies and chaps. And uh, because it's the African Cup of Nations, I thought we would go down that road. We've got a Zambian football legend. It's Kalusha Bwalia or Kalusha, as he's uh, more commonly known to his uh, countrymen. He's Zambia's most capped player and top goalscorer of all time, according to FIFA. There are some hazy records, shall we say, with some of uh, uh, Zambia, uh, from the Zambia FA, but, uh, but FIFA are never wrong. So Slack we'll with them. Uh, he was born on August the 16th, 1963. Four years before the summer of love. Before that summer. Um... <laughs> Now, uh, widely regarded as, as Zambia's uh, greatest ever player, and he has the career to back that claim up, gentlemen. Let me tell you. Uh, he started playing for Mufulira Wanderers. Mufulira literally means uh, place of abundance. Oh, <laughs> nice. I like that. Yeah. Abundance of what? Everything. Everything. Just yeah. place. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, that was in 1979 he started uh, playing there. He was a, a forward or a, or a winger, largely a, largely a winger. He played for six years in his native Zambia, and uh, he won the first of his uh, many caps for his country uh, in the early 80s. Now, in 1985, he, pl- he moved to play in Europe. One of the first Africans to do so went to play um, for Belgium side Bruges, and in his first season, he was the club's top goalscorer. Bearing in mind it was his first season in Europe, very different um, mm. environment indeed, and operating as a winger as well, more than a, than a forward. Um, incredible start. It's an excellent but it also, at the same time, you have to remember, there weren't a lot of players from Af- Africa. 
playing in Europe at the time. That's so, right. you know, the, the Belgian players won't have come up against a player sort of like that. Mm. The, yeah, the very athleticism of, of him was particularly impressive. You know, so you know maybe it, that so works, it works both, both ways. ways yeah, in yeah, yeah no, that's uh, a very good. But it's still an excellent. I mean, it's a big departure for him personally. He's, yeah, of it's course. Great, great professionalism on his part to adapt in that way. I mm. enjoyed my time in Belgium. School yeah. trip. Good. <laughs> it, equally, you know, equally as important. I went to Bruges, punched a woman, they made a film out of it. Colin Farrell played me. Which was a generous cast. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) back to Galusha. In his four years playing in Belgium, he was twice voted uh, fans player of the season, so he had pretty good time there. While he was there, he also played um, in the 1988 Olympics in Seoul, where he possibly had his greatest ever game against Italy. He got a hat trick in the team's four nil win against the European giant. Four nil. That's a big result. Well, it's one of the biggest sort of. Uh, Imagine the Italian players coming out. Imagine, oh no, we lost. What they nick it? Yeah, four. Nil. Yeah, <laughs> they nicked four. Yeah. That particular one, I did. I obviously didn't see it when I was like what nine or something or eight. Um, yeah. Like it does stick in my memory because I've seen it before. Yeah, that Keith Hackett. Referee. He's a referee. <laughs> Every time since I've heard they were, heard about Keith Hackett, I thought mm. he refereed that match when the Italians got absolutely pumped, mm. and they were known for the, being defensively adept. Yeah, as well. and he, there was the, I think it's the second goal that he scored. Free he got kick a trick in that game. Yeah, a really clever free kick. Fantastic. Bent it around the wall, which is when no one no one saw it coming. Well, well the keeper just sort of stands there. It's like, oh, yeah, it's gone in. It's absolutely brilliant. It's definitely worth checking out that footage. Yeah, yeah. he said, you know, um, we were one of the the first, well, the first African team to beat European um, power as convincingly as that. Yeah, it was absolutely phenomenal. Unfortunately, Klinsmann and Germany stopped them in the quarterfinals, but still, that um, the game will never be forgotten. The by German the team, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 this in romance the, in the Olympics. Yeah. You've, you've uh, had your fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, and now his performances caught the eye of PSV Eindhoven, who were managed by. Sir Bobby Robson mm-hmm. at the time, or just Bobby Robson at the time, yeah. and uh, he went over there to play in the Dutch league and won the Dutch league two seasons on the bounce in the early nineties. And he said of his time there that, uh, with regards to the playing style, he said most of the time we played in the opponent's half. We had Romario, Eric Jurets, Wim Keefe, and Hans Van Broekelen, <laughs> and uh, just to be with that group was an experience. Yeah, Van Broekelen <laughs> was an excellent, absolutely goal fantastic goal. stuff. Um, and it was while playing for PSV where he and his countrymen would go into mourning after they suffered um, a national tragedy. Well, a plane crash, of course. Yeah, yeah. exactly. On the, on the 27th of April, 93, the Zambian um, national team were on their way to play a World Cup qualifier in Senegal when the aeroplane carrying the team crashed into the sea just off the coast of Gabon, having uh, minutes earlier taken off from um, Libreville. And all 30 passengers and crew were, were, were killed, including all of the playing staff, which was 18 Zambian players, and, all, and the manager and the coaching staff. And the manager was Godfrey um, Chitalu, who was a national icon and hero himself. And he put together an excellent Zambian team who were considered the country's golden generation and tipped for a very bright future. So mm. it, it's such a tragedy. Mm. It really was. And you can well, imma- wasn't Kalusha on the plane then? Well, he was in Holland. He was making his own way there. Oh, okay, he, right. he was actually the, the captain of that side as well. Blimey. But it was just so sad to yeah. lose a whole team. When you look at the, how tragic. many players were on that plane that actually played in that Italy match, a canny few. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, three, yeah, three, four years later, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it, absolutely desperate. Um, setback. Well, with a setback, I mean, football years and years. You know, yeah, yeah, absolutely tragic. Oh, it was so. You know, and obviously from a personal point of view, of course, to, absolutely, to, to yeah. lose that many lives. So um, desperately, with friends sad. as well. It just mm. be devastating. Well, and and for Kalusha himself, you know, a lot of his teammates and whatnot, but. 
um, you know, he was the man that the country looked to to rebuild the side. I mean, obviously the the biggest player and, and, and the captain of that side. And he said, you know, that decision was taken by the government, the football association, the football association, and by the people. And he said, when we decided to go forward, we thought, um, you know, we'll do it for the fallen heroes. Mm. But it mm. must have been so difficult for him. Oh yeah, no doubt. Well, the, but Kalucha incredibly responded. You know, later that year they played their first match. Um, since, uh, after the tragedy against Morocco and, and in Zambia, and they won two one, and uh, Kalusha got the equaliser. And he just said the support of the people got them through that match. It was an yeah. incredibly yeah. sort of emotional affair, but but kind of but it did give them an ounce of joy to see them back playing and mm. a, a little bit of hope. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, in, in such a, you know a terrible time, and they went to the African Cup of Nations nearly a year later, just wondering how they would fare after suffering such a, a terrible loss. And against all odds, they reached the final after beating um, the likes of Ivory Coast, Senegal and Mali on the way. And it was only that impressive Nigerian side featuring uh, a whole host of European-based stars, of mm. course. Featuring a whole host of uh, stars of going for gold. That's yeah. right, yes. <laughs> um, that, that beat them 2-1 in the final. You know, But the heroics of, of um, the Zambian team in that tournament will be forever in the hearts and minds of the people of Zambia. And it gave them such a boost, you know, that... Mm after the side was so decimated by the mm. terrible things that they got all the way to the final which is an unbelievable achievement you know um, and two years later um, Kalusha and, and Zambia were back at the African Cup of Nations again in, this time in South Africa and they finished third and he ended up top scorer in that tournament beating other famous names um, like uh, Abidi Pele and Tony Abawa to the award so the man had a bit of not pedigree. bad going yeah. absolutely and then uh, it was at this point in his career he joined uh, Mexican side America one of the first Africans to play in Mexico as well it's a strange move it is yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, not yeah. one you see often no. well when you're you know you have the chance to move to the side who play their home games at the Azteca Stadium yeah <laughs> I'd <argue with> <laughs> <you know? laughs> do it yeah. Yeah. he said uh, I was uh, he said I'm privileged to have played in the best stadium in the world and to have been able to call it my home ground um, and he played for a few teams in Mexico and he, he really enjoyed his time there and he finished playing professional football in 2000 and became coach of the national team in 2003. And uh, I, I say coach, but perhaps player coach would have been slightly more accurate. <laughs> well, he came out of retirement. Well, in a 2000... He will if he wants to. <laughs> <laughs> in a 2006 World Cup qualifier with Liberia, the game he was just heading for a nil-nil draw, Jim. Mm. <laughs> no <laughs> one likes that. The 41-year-old Kalusha brought himself on. Did he score? <laughs> He got the free kick. Injury time. 1-0. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's great stuff. <laughs> that Play is beautiful. Isn't it incredible? But yeah. is that allowed? It Can is. you just put yourself on? That's what happened. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it's, like, yeah. it's like Owen Kyle going, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're registered as a player coach. Yeah, if you yeah, yourself so. among the substitutes, I'm, I suppose you can. Yeah. It's sensational. Brilliant. Yeah, because he was a bit of a free kick specialist. So uh, as soon as he got that, he's thinking, yes, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way on the earth would have allowed him to not score that. Yeah. <laughs> 41 years old. Um, unfortunately, they did, of course, fail to qualify for the World Cup. Um, and he took them to the 2006 African Cup of Nations and they um, went out in the early rounds, which put an end to his coaching. But he was voted uh, Zambia's Sportsman of the Century, of course, in the uh, 20th century. And he's now president of the Zambia Football Association. He also set up the Kalusha Foundation, which um, helps promote self-esteem amongst some of the um, native population in Zambia and educating those about HIV and AIDS. So an incredibly worthy cause. That's really sweet. Mm. Helping improve self-esteem. Yeah. yeah, it's good. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, uh, and uh, what a career! Yeah. I mean, a, a lot of tragedy in there, but but a lot mm. of triumph as well. Certainly a life less ordinary. Really. Um, and the man that the people call the Great Kalu is coming in to the Dean hey. Windows Hall of Fame. In you come. <laughs>
Right, ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of the Football Ramble for this week. If you'd like to get in touch, the email address is show at thefootballramble.com and the website is thefootballramble.com, Yes, Jim. it is. And this week on the site, Rupert Fry gives us a lowdown on the strange relationship between Boca Juniors legends Juan Roman Raquel May and Martin Palermo. David Curran brings us the story of Sassuolo, a town of 40,000 in Italy with a club making a push for promotion to Serie A. And that's pretty, uh, pretty amazing story, that is. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, Luke wonders if waving an imaginary card around is really that bad. Also, there's the, uh, the piece Luke mentioned earlier, uh, which is about uh, what's going on in the host nations of uh, the, the African Cup of Nations. So do check that out as well. Uh, elsewhere, there's Pickle the Hall of Fame the shop the forum and all kinds of unbridled joy so just get over there what joy it is I'd also just like to say thank you uh, for the listeners that came down to my uh, preview uh, the other week it was very much appreciated well done everybody well done Jim for doing the preview well done Jim Uh, any more for any more no no that's it fine thanks say goodbye Jim bye say goodbye Pete goodbye and Luke goodbye au revoir my beauties (laughs) I don't stop my culture I speak with my body language sometimes, and even if I'm in England, the English people, English very have to respect me. I will move my body, my arms, my shoulders, my legs, that can't send me off every time. Send me off. Every game, no problem. I will win this league anyway, because uh, my team is a strong team. Au revoir, my beauties. <laughs> yeah! Say pods. No. Make awesome. him say bods. <laughs> Pink, make him say bods. Say bozzles. Bozzles. <laughs> See you next time. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> do it. Yeah, do it. See you next time. Bozzles. But do it. This is really long. Bozzles. Bozzles. See you next time. Bozzles. Every footballer's got a bum. Our Sharvin's got a prominent bum. Mine is a bum. So Cameron's got two bums. Is our Sharvin's bum a cute bum? What guys would like? Is I don't know. Yeah, but I, is that what girls like? I can't tell. I, girl, girls, I think girls like an ass more than I you think, think. Girls like a slim ass, don't they? Just get, hang on a sec, just no, two no, seconds. Girls are boys, but I just don't know what. <laughs> Hello. Um, it's related to football. What um, if you had to name it after someone or something from the world of football? Oh, what bottom would it be? line is, lads, I just don't know what makes a nice man's bum. <laughs> Good. Well, well, it's a mystery, isn't it? It's one of those things that. It's probably better. Off the I've got a mate who's got like, quite a fat back, but then like no bum at all. That's right. odd. That's. Yeah, so we've got no presence in the anal area. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.